Hey, so I'm preaching this morning, I'm going to get straight into it, on courageous faith. And if you've got a Bible, go to Hebrews chapter 11. You would know that this is one of the most famous faith scriptures. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Uh, And I'll just read that out. And if you don't have a Bible, it will come up on the screen behind us. Uh, Before I start, let me... I want to, we're going to go on a bit of a journey this morning, and so it's not just a message. I want today to be an experience for you. I want your faith to grow today. So uh, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's in Romans. So the, the people that that Scripture was written to never had a Bible. So it's not talking about faith comes by reading your Bible. They were saying faith comes by hearing, and that thought, faith comes. In other words, it means kind of like faith that wasn't there before can show up. So uh, this morning, Leon in the prayer meeting, he said this. He said, like, faith affects my posture. So faith, if if you're not leaning in this morning, it's like your faith is not going to grow. I want your faith to grow this morning. I want you to go, I'm going to get into a posture to change something. Uh, Recently in our church, just preached a message about the, the four guys that got their lame friend to Jesus, and uh, it says they, they had to, the room was full, and there was no, no more room in that room, and so these guys were so desperate to get their friend to Jesus, the Bible said that the four friends, that their lame friend, they got up on the roof of this house, they pulled tiles off the roof, they lowered their friend down through the roof into this room, where then the guy, he ends up getting healed, and it says, the Bible says a, fu- a funny thing, it says, and, and Jesus said to the four friends, he says, I, I see your faith. Therefore, I see your faith, therefore I'm healing your friend. That amazed me because that means that faith then can be seen. Faith is not unseen. It's like faith is noticed. That's why faith affects your posture. It's not passive. Faith is, it's like I can see that, per, I mean, I can see your pastor's faith because every week they show up here, every week they're believing God for souls and salvation, every week. The, so I can see someone's faith. That's why in this passage right here in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance. Faith is not nothing. Faith is something. Faith is something that you can feel in a room. Faith is something that when those four friends drop their their lame friend Jesus said, I can see your faith. I can feel your faith. I bet the whole room could at that that point feel the faith of those other people. Faith is a substance. It's tangible. It's a feeling. The other uh, translation of that, if you look into it, means faith is a feeling. So faith is a feeling of absolute confidence that the thing that you're hoping for is going to happen. It's a feeling. I've got a feeling that it's going to happen. I've got a, like a tangible feeling on the inside of me that here in this room today, something that you've been maybe facing, it can change right here, right now, today. Faith is a feeling that things can change. Faith is a feeling that, a mir- and it's a feeling of absolute confidence. Who's feeling confident this morning? Because confidence is not our normal position, is it? I don't wake up every morning going, I feel so confident today. I'm just feeling so proud of myself today. As I looked in the mirror, I thought, whoa, you're such a good-looking guy today. I don't, you don't wake, like, so faith is this feeling that I'm confident. 
And it's not, it's not arrogance. It's not like pride where I've got this feeling of like, you know, because no one likes that, this feeling of arrogance that oh, I'm better than you and I'm look at me. And it's not that kind of feeling. It's just a, it's this substance that you've got on the inside of you that you don't even have to say anything to anyone. It can be deep on, the, you feel this feeling of, it's gonna work out. I've been believing for this and it's gonna happen. This is gonna work. It's, can you like, so it, it's a substance that you feel. I got this feeling of faith. I can feel it. And while that's present, so this is what he's saying. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the ev- evidence it's the evidence of things not seen. Well, how, how can there be evidence of something that's not seen because it's not there yet? But there's evidence in you because it's, it's been established in you. You've got it on the inside of you. The evidence of the thing that's not even seen yet is already alive on the inside of you. This is gonna get better. You think it's gonna get, this is a, this, I love this scripture. So for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony I mean, this next one's just unbelievable. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Unbelievable. Skip down to verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, so you gotta believe that God is, So without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must, you gotta believe, you gotta believe that he is, he's there. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Uh, One Bible verse talks about faith being given in measure. If something's given in measure, it's, it's, it's measured out to you my mind says to me, if it's given in a certain measure, that means I can increase my measure. It's one of the only things, it's like I can, if I've got faith that no one can see, then, and if I diligently seek God, the measure of my faith can increase. If I can increase my faith, so um, I'm, I'm a little competitive, so if I think about, I can, I can win. I can come out on top. I can be better than, not better than like that, in the negative, but I can, I can increase. And I don't have to do it in front of anyone. I can do it on my own by diligently seeking God. My faith will increase. And then things that happen in those quiet times, things that, things that happen in those moments, the things that which, which no one gets to see will then get seen because God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Okay, we're gonna go all the way now to Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith... He forsook Egypt, fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seen him who was invisible. Do you get it? So like the, all these things are happening to Moses by faith. He, Moses is present in Egypt, but he can see something else. 
and he's not sure what he can see yet, but he's got a feeling, he's got substance on the inside of him that he sees something beyond his current situation. No one else can see it but Moses. He, Moses was raised in bondage. He was raised in slavery. He was raised, I mean, he was a king's kid kind of, but all of his people were in slavery. And, and so he, he could see this, but yet he had this feeling like there's something beyond this. There's something beyond this day. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he be destroyed, the first one should touch him. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so were drowned. Uh, recently, I heard a story of a, a, a preacher of a big church and he was in America and he was having a holiday and he went to like a caravan park and next to the caravan park, there was like a water slide park. And so uh, he was gonna take his kids to this water slide park and he was up the top of the slide and then they closed the water slide and they said, because someone's um, stuck in the water slide. And so he thought, well, I'm not gonna wait. So he went back down the stairs all the way back down to the end of the water slide. Anyway, next to the water slide park, there was like a river where you could get uh, blow up tires and you could float down the river with a blow up tire. So this guy had decided to get one of the blow up tires from the river and try and go down the water slide in the, in the blow up tire. He was a larger gentleman. And so he'd fitted up the, the blow up tire squeezing it and then he got to the end where the, the water slide kind of got a little narrower and so then this guy got stuck the, the, the blow up tire and him and so uh, as this other gentleman walked down to look into the water slide all as he could see was a was a large man with a blow up tire around him and two little feet kicking <laughs> he's stuck at the at the end of the and so he felt like God he felt like God say to him hey uh, go get the guy unstuck but this guy, he was a preacher, and he said, I'm, I'm busy, I'm on holiday, and I, I don't want to go get the guy unstuck. And so he just carried on walking. And he felt like God said, no, 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 go help the guy get unstuck. He said, but God, I work for you every Sunday. I'm in church, I'm doing this. I don't want to go and do this. And but he felt, Holy Spirit, get the guy unstuck. So he's had to go back, and there's all these kids that now, all the kids are gathered at the end of the water slide. They're pointing, they're laughing, and and you know, these two little legs kicking and this guy, and it's all quiet. And he's kind of thinking that this is all funny as well. And so he's told the kids, get out of the way. Uh, I've got to get up. And so he's climbed into the water slide and climbed up there. And he's kind of tried to grab on the tube and he's tried to pull the tube and it's kind of stuck. So pulling on the tube and finally uh, the tubes come loose. But what he didn't realize, of course, so he's stuck in the water slide and all the water's still coming down. And, and there was a bunch of kids also that didn't know that he got stuck. So there's now uh, kids that have come down. So it's like a traffic jam in the, and all the water's coming down. And so he's pulled the guy loose. It's all come rushing. It's like 12 kids plus the big guys all out into the water. And um, so no one noticed like who'd help because now it's all this big. So uh, the guys got out of the water and he sort of walked off and thought, well, what, what was all that about? And... Uh, He's walked around the corner and there, there's the guy with the big tube around him talking to his son and his son's like a young boy and the son is saying to the dad, dad, I came down the water slide after you and you were stuck and uh, the water was up to my neck and if, if we didn't get out then, I was afraid the water, I was gonna drown. So you got this guy, right, that had this feeling of you gotta do something. Here's my point of that big story. 
you don't know what your faith is going to affect upstream by your obedience to your faith. This year I had to travel back to New Zealand because uh, my grandma passed away. Seven years ago she had a stroke and uh, this year she, she passed and so we, I had to fly back and uh, we had to go to the, you know, the, the funeral. So um, my grandma was the first person in my family to give her heart to Jesus. Uh, my grandma was Dutch and so at the end of World War II, they were about 19, my grandparents, they left Holland on a boat for three months and for three months it took them to get to New Zealand in, after the World War II, they were getting rid of all the people out of Holland and so she arrives in New Zealand and there was a faith preacher that preached faith in this little town and said you can be saved and you can have eternal life if you ask Jesus into your heart and so my grandma uh, started going to these services on her own and at one of the services she, she gave her heart to the Lord. Then my grandpa, uh, grandma told my granddad and said you need to come to one of these services, this man is preaching faith and that we can have eternal life and so they both started going. As a result, my mum was off at training college and, but to become a school teacher. And one school holidays, my mum comes back and finds out that her parents are now going to church. My mum was 18, I think, at the time. And the, my grandma says to my mum, you need to come to one of these. So my mum goes to one of these services and says, uh, finds out about this so-called faith. And my mum asked one of the other ladies there and just said, oh, how do you become a Christian? And the lady told her, she said, oh, it's really simple. You pray a prayer and you just ask Jesus to come into your heart. Forgive me, forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart. Jesus, be Lord of my life. And so my mum said, okay, thanks, got it. And ran off home. And she got home. She's the old tree in the backyard. And so then she prayed a prayer one day on her own in the backyard and said, Jesus, would you come into my heart? Now, all these years later, I mean, it's kind of significant to me that here I am today preaching faith because of a decision that my grandma made that influenced my granddad, that influenced my mum, that now has influenced me. You don't know what's upstream from your obedience if you stick at it. Paul writes to Timothy and he says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, I see in you the same faith that was in your grandma, that went and was in your mother, and now is in you. Faith is compounding. Faith is generational. Faith will grow from one generation to the next. If you stay committed and you stay, but you don't know what your faith, you might get discouraged and think that my faith, I'm not doing much with my faith. I just, I come to hear every, what's really, Think about Moses, who ran away from all his responsibilities, rang, went out and finds himself in the desert. And Moses had a stutter, apparently. Couldn't talk, and then God comes to Moses and says, Moses, you're gonna, you're gonna deliver three million people. you're gonna deliver three million people out of bondage that have been in bondage for 400 years. Moses, and, and Moses is like, God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't talk. Oh, God is not looking 
for your ability, your skill, your talent, how good you are with words, your education. God is looking without faith. It is impossible to please Him. God is looking for the level of faith. Moses may not have been able to talk good, but he had faith. And God, I, God's like, I don't need you to talk well, Moses. I just need someone who's got a little faith because someone with a little faith can deliver three million people out of bondage that have been in bondage for over 400 years. Someone that's got a little bit of faith can move a mountain. Someone that's got a little bit of faith can lower a friend through a roof and see that. Someone that's got a little bit of faith can say to the lame man, lame man, rise up and walk. Someone, you'd be amazed what faith can, can achieve. Faith is a feeling of absolute confidence that that thing that I'm hoping for, it's gonna happen and it's a posture, and it's gonna happen here, and it's gonna happen today, and it's gonna happen now, because my God is awesome. He is almighty, Jehovah Jireh, my great provider. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul says to Timothy, stir yourself up. If you're not feeling confident, if you're feeling like it's got on top of you, then stir yourself up, and stirring yourself up, it looks exactly like this. It feels a little silly. Why do you have to yell? Why do you have to shout? Why do you have to jump? Why do you have to move? Because sometimes I've lost my faith and I've got to stir myself up and I've got to get my faith back and I've got to be prepared to get a little silly. It may not look that impressive. For me now that I've got this thought, but no, my grandma, she had faith. My mother, she had faith. And now the same faith. The same faith is in me. And it's, so I can, so you've got this guy Moses with this unbelievable problem, you know, like, and doubting the whole time that God could even do it and especially using him. He's like, God, I'm not good. You can use Aaron. Aaron's way better at talking than I'm. I'm useless at talking. Can't even put a sentence together. Use Aaron. And God's like, no, I'm gonna use you because you've got faith. He's gonna use the person of faith. So Moses goes in, says to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, these are all your people, they're, they're slaves, let them go. Are you nuts? It's ridiculous, the concept's crazy. Never. Oh, that didn't go to plan. You know, then there's like all the plagues and there was flies and there was frogs and there's locusts and God does all these things and hardens Pharaoh's heart. And, 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 but anyway, anyway you, know the, you know the story. In the end, in the end, Pharaoh lets them all go. So all the slaves, out they go. Something, something like three million people walk out wondering if Pharaoh's gonna come after them. And they get out. And apparently there was a war on somewhere else. And it says in the Bible, it says that God took them like the long way so that they wouldn't see the war because if the people saw the war, they'd be intimidated because these people were so afraid and so scared that God knew that even if they saw this, it would intimidate them and make them go back. I'll take them the long way around so they won't even see any kind of hostility. And so God takes them the long way around and they arrive at the Red Sea. And I think, oh, they could, we're camped out the Red Sea. We got out. We're out. It worked. And then they're there. And then Pharaoh goes, no, I'm gonna go get them. So Pharaoh gets his chariot and all his chariots and they get on the thing and they come after him. It says that Pharaoh comes around and camps and, and just by them. And then all the people of Israel start moaning and complaining. 
Oh, are there not enough graves in Egypt that you've brought us out here? You basically brought us out here to bury us, Moses. What have you done? And Moses goes, oh. He goes, you watch the salvation of God. On this day, God's gonna, like Moses is just G'd up to the, to the max. He's like, you're gonna see a mirror. And he's got like three million people going, oh, it's not gonna work. We're all gonna die. It's miserable. It's too hard. Have you seen what the government have done? The government have done this, have done that. We're gonna, and Moses is like, oh, shut up. It's just gonna be awesome. But like no one's believing it. Just Moses. I'm glad Moses was in charge. And then God says to Moses, Moses, why are all these people crying out to me? Like God's had enough of it. Why are they all whinging and moaning? What's wrong with them? Didn't they see like all the plagues? I've delivered them. What's wrong with these people? Moses is like, oh, they kind of forgot about that. It's just that Egypt is just camped over there. And like we, you know, there's a sea, there's an ocean in front of us. And it's kind of a bit hard to get across. My favorite part of that story, right, is that as they come out, it says that there is a cloud that is in front of them by day and there's a, cloud, uh, a fire by night. And so every night they've got this fire in the sky like in front of them, leading them. Just burning away in front of them. And then in the day there's this like this cloud. I don't know if it had a noise. I'm imagining it did. Like, and so the, you know, got the people and they're following like the cloud. And then at night, the fire. So they're feeling pretty good until the army shows up and then they all, all their faith now disappears. And then, so this, I don't know why I like this part, but what happens is through the day, when, when the people cry out and then Moses goes to God, that's why it's in Hebrews, because Moses had faith. Uh, it says the cloud that had been in front of them every day, always leading them, it says the cloud moved. Is anyone as impressed as I am with that? I know that the cloud's been moving the whole time, but this time the cloud that was in front of them, leading them, it says the cloud, now it, it goes up. <laughs> And it starts going back. It was like Transformers. It went behind them. It got up, lifted up. And the cloud that had been leading them now went behind them. This is what, oh, faith You'll get momentum when you step out. And God's got to sometimes lead you out. Got to be right in front of you, getting your attention, trying to talk to you, saying, if I can get a little bit of faith into you, if I can get a little bit, if I can lead you out, if I can get you out, if I can make you step out and I'm going to lead you out. That cloud represents Christ. I'm going to lead you out of this thing. And it's nearly like he led them out. And then it's like they'd been in this place in darkness for so long that once they got out, and then like the enemy realized then that they were out. And so the enemy now starts coming after them from behind. It's nearly like the enemy had always been in front of them. It's always there in front of them. In, in Genesis, it talks about 
uh, the devil, and it says that God made the devil like the snake. And right there in the start, it says, a seed of a woman is going to crush your head, like that song we were just singing. And that's the devil's position now, at your heels, trying to grab hold, trying to bite, trying to intimidate, trying to follow after you because you've got momentum. And so he's not in front anymore. He's down at your feet, trying to get at you, trying to discourage you because you've taken some steps of faith. And now he's realized you got out of that place, but I'm gonna come and try and get you again. And that's why that cloud moved. It went up from in front it went to behind, it says now I'm gonna defend you from behind because now you've taken these steps of faith, now you've got momentum, now the devil's realized you got out of that place with a little faith and with that same faith, you're gonna keep going and with even when there's that ocean in front of you, there's that red sea that was in front of them, that cloud moved to behind and then it says a strong east wind blew all night and God parted those waters It says they walked through on dry ground. Faith connects you with your destiny. Faith connects you with who you really are. Faith is the bridge that will connect you with who you are in Christ. That's why God says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, we lose our perspective on who we are. Without faith, we start acting like we are slaves. Without faith, we start acting like we are in bondage. God wanted to get them out of darkness because he said, this is not who you really are. You're not slaves. You don't have to put up with this intimidation. You don't have to put up with this fear. You don't have to put up with this anxiety. You don't have to put up with this sickness. You don't have to put up with this stuff. That's not who you really are. But faith is the thing that connects us to that. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and then I think I'm nearly done. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people but are now the people of God who were once not a people, but right here, right now, you're the people of God. If one grandma can make a decision to have faith and it can affect a whole family, what can your faith do? You know, you, dis, you think you, you discredit yourself and you go, I can't. Because what does my little effort do? One person that gets a feeling of faith on the inside, one individual that starts to realize that, hang on a minute, I'm the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. It's talking about you. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. Once you weren't, but now you are. So act like you are. Believe like you are. Step out like you are. 
You weren't, but you don't have to worry about what you're not. Next time you feel like the devil's coming, take a step back and put it on his head and use that thing to launch forward. I'm gonna crush his head as I'm gonna move forward because I'm a child of the most high God. Let's all stand on our feet this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Faith takes you out of a dark place into light. Faith leads you. Faith guides you. And when the enemy comes after you, faith moves behind you and creates a wall between you and the enemy.